Welcome to the Cashflow Guys Podcast. Join Tyler and his team as they unlock the secrets to achieving financial independence through wealth building strategies inspired by Robert Kiyosaki and other thought provoking leaders. Learn to build leveraged streams of cash flow that land in your pocket and improve your quality of life. Gain access to cutting-edge ideas that will increase your productivity and streamline your success. Find out how to supercharge your retirement plan so you won't have to retire with a pay cut. You can escape the rat race. Are you ready? It's time to Learn to Earn with Tyler Chef. Welcome to the Cashflow Guys podcast. It's that time again. I'm excited to get rolling on this week's episode. We're going to talk about integrity, not being just a fancy word. Now, this one is important to me because, you know, I spend a lot of time in the marketplace reading a lot of garbage, a lot of BS, things that are just plain false, advertising that is just plain false, people that will shake your hand, look you in the eye, tell you one thing and do another. Now, that doesn't represent all of the people, but it does represent a few of the people in the industry. In recent weeks, my trust has been violated by people that I chose to do business with. I thought I did enough due diligence, but I didn't. My mistake. I trusted the wrong people to do the right thing and to follow through with what they said they would do. And I was left disappointed. I'll be honest with you. They stole from me and I was also left disappointed. And that's pretty sad because on this podcast, when I'm working with students, working with clients, I tell everybody, please document everything. Please make sure you document everything. If I had done a better job of documenting this, these situations that I encompassed here in the last couple of weeks, I wouldn't be having the conversation with, with you that I am now. You know, my mother raised me to always be honest and ethical in all my dealings. She raised me not to take advantage of people and to be transparent, not feel that I have to hide from people or the truth. And that's the way I've lived my life. Now, my dad, who I love dearly, God rest his soul, he passed away many, many years ago. Dad had a tendency to kind of stretch facts, so to speak. He was what you would consider kind of like the used car salesman a little bit. That always bothered me growing up. That was one of my uh, fears when I got into real estate because it was my fear of selling uh, that it led to a bit of imposter syndrome. And you can Google search imposter syndrome. That always bothered me growing up. Sometimes family and friends used to call him kind of a BS artist, which upset me. But I got to admit, it was partially true. He was kind of a BS artist. And when I say that I love my dad to death. I had a great relationship with my father and my mother. My dad passed away, though, and but that was kind of the memory that was left behind to a lot of people, and that's kind of sad. You know, my early 20s, I stretched the truth to a friend, a good friend, and I got caught, I'll be honest with you. And this person was very hurt by this, this what I said that wasn't true. I, You know, this person it really had a deep impact on them, which turned out to have that my own poor choices had a negative impact on another person. And that really bothered me. I mean, that really got to my core. 
it truly troubled me that, you know, something that I said hurt somebody else, that words could, and it wasn't uh, crosswords by any means. It was that I made statement. I made a statement that wasn't true. This person, it troubled them deeply, the statement that I made once they found out it wasn't true. I got to say, you know, and I can go this far and say that the thought of me hurting somebody else by my statements, that changed my life forever. Now, at the time, I was either, I was 19 or 20, I don't remember exactly, but I still knew better. And the, the kids these days, the 19 or 20 year olds, they know better. Since then, I've always remained vigilant in telling the truth. Okay? Being vigilant about telling the truth is something that anybody that knows me personally knows very well that I am extremely ethical to the point. Very little excites me. I'm always the voice of reason, calm, cool, and collected, and very little gets under my skin. Since then, since this issue happened, I've always been vigilant about telling the truth. Vigilant, sorry. And I can't say that I've ever intentionally misled anyone. Now, as a father, I've raised my daughters to these same principles I learned from my mom. I encourage my daughters not to live in fear and to be open and honest with people. But that said, not to wear their, you know, their heart on their sleeve, so to speak. I taught them to make a difference in the community instead of ignoring it or destroying it. And that, and that's too much of what's going on in, in today's society. We have people out there that are either got their heads so far in the clouds, they're completely ignoring what's going on around them. And then you have the other side of the, of the equation that people are trying to destroy it. Well, I taught my daughters to make a difference in the community. Volunteer, give, give back, teach somebody something that you know and they don't. Help somebody, open a door for somebody, pick up the trash off the street, take care of other people. These are the things that I hold true and dear to me. And these are the things, same things that I put out to my kids. You know, as investors, trust pays a huge part in our success. And you think, well, does it really play a part? Well, yeah, it does play a part. It's, it absolutely plays a part. Well, we've got verification. People actually tell me this. Well, you don't, you know, how can truth play or trust play a part in our success when we've got verification? You know, whatever. They're all going to lie. Brokers always lie. Uh, sellers lie. Buyers lie. Let me explain something to you. When someone violates the trust that people have, it sets everybody back. You know, we exist in a society we are constantly lied to, where critical facts and figures are either not reported or worse, manufactured with no basis whatsoever. No basis in truth, none whatsoever. Americans have actually coined the phrase, little white lie. Really, people? I mean, come on. Lies and marketing is something I want to take a minute and talk to you about. And some of you are probably doing this right now, and I ask you, I beg you to stop. The reason why the investment space is so heavily scrutinized, a big reason of that is that all this false advertising that you're seeing everywhere, false or misleading advertising. Let me ask you this. Have you ever seen a sign that says, we buy houses cash? How about one of those signs that says we will close in seven days or less? And then there's my all-time favorite, no commissions or realtor fees. Some people listening to this are going to argue, well, we do buy houses cash. Do you? 
Do you really? Did you walk in the, the title? I mean, we could get real down to brass tacks. Did you walk into the title company with a suitcase? Then no, you didn't pay cash. Did you get a home equity line to pay for that? Then no, you didn't pay cash. Where did the cash come from? Oh, well, I'm representing cash buyers. Really? Do you have a cash buyer for the, the property that calls up, the, the seller that calls up on a random property? Are you guaranteeing you have a cash buyer for that? Then no, you don't buy houses cash. Why? Because you are broke. That's why you are a wholesaler, because you're broke. So you don't buy houses cash. We will close in seven days or less. You know, I haven't done real estate transactions in every state. Hell, I've only done real estate transactions in, I think, three or three states, maybe four. But I'm here to tell you, I would be highly suspect of any deal that closes in seven days or less because it takes that long to get a title search back. And if you're out there schlepping properties as a wholesaler and not having your buyer do a title search, I don't want you to throw your hands up there and say, oh, it's not my fault. They bought it, you know not my responsibility, then you are part of the problem. Understand that. No commission or realtor fees. People are actually dumb enough to believe that investors work for free. Oh, no, Mr. Seller. I'm going to give this, this deal to somebody else for no compensation whatsoever. That's called a commission, folks. You can call it anything you want. Assignment fee, marketing fee, whatever other BS that you, that you put out there. It's a lie. It's dishonest. Realtors out there hiding behind the bushes going, Psst, I'm a wholesaler too. Yes, it's okay to assign a contract as a realtor, but be honest about it. Be upfront, be ethical. People ask me a lot, well, how do you do that? When you're an agent, you have to give them the highest price. Uh, noted, does not, nothing says anyone, there is no law anywhere that says you have to get the seller high the highest price what you have to do is represent the seller ethically and honestly and disclose all known facts that would have an impact on the value of the property right read the the national association of realtors code of ethics nowhere in there does it mention you need to give them full price because here's the deal you're not buying the property anyway as a realtor and if you're the buyer then your realtor hat comes off you disclose that you're a licensed realtor and you negotiate like them with them like anybody else would negotiate with them. Somebody, some moron in office decided that realtors have some sort of an advantage over the general public in negotiating retails or uh, home purchases. Well, those people need to get into my market and meet some of uh, the agents that I've met recently. And I'm here to tell you, they, they do not have an upper hand. That I can assure you. If you post a sign like this, we talk about the we buy houses, the we will close in seven days or less and all that good stuff. I don't know, guys. I, I, I don't necessarily agree with that. If you don't fully intend on paying cash, if you don't intend on closing in seven days, or if you don't intend on working without any compensation, then you are part of the problem. You can use all the fancy interpretations you want, but that's not going to change the fact that at its root, at its core, you are lying. You are misrepresenting the facts. Are we clear on that? I'm sure I'm going to get some hate mail about that, but here's the deal, folks. I'm not doing this podcast to win friends and influence people. I'm doing this podcast to educate folks. 
and help them be bigger, better investors. I see Facebook posted ads prom promising specific returns for those willing to invest in another person's real estate deal. You know, I wonder what the Securities and Exchange Commission would have to say about that. You know, the SEC, Securities and Exchange Commission, those people that regulate Wall Street, those people that regulate Wall Street that have a very large budget that they need to justify by locking boneheads up that advertise uh, specific returns on Facebook or offer solicitations on Facebook or via email to unqualified parties. It amazes me, folks, what lengths people will travel to to attempt a shortcut. You're just being lazy. You're not willing to do the steps. Raising private capital involves the development of a relationship. It also involves the adherence to a very strict set of rules. Do not ignore these rules, ladies and gentlemen. I've seen Craigslist ads offering properties for sales with the seller conveying only a quick claim deed. Ladies and gentlemen, when a seller is only willing to convey a quit claim deed, that's Q-U-I-T, quit claim deed. Your red flag needs to go up and start waving back and forth a million miles an hour. That is what we call a super high risk transaction. Worse, these, uh, these quote unquote sellers, usually investors, don't really disclose to you what the risk in a quit claim deed is. So that's a problem, wouldn't you think? Ladies and gentlemen, nothing ever good comes from deception. Deception, rather. Nothing good comes from deception. When you're advertising, simply don't make false claims. On the second half of this, I want to talk about deal structure and the integrity that goes behind that. When two or more people agree on something, it's used to be such that the word of those people was their bond. When I make a deal with Larry Harbolt, he looks you in the eye. And you can take that to the bank and cash it. Because he holds up to his word no matter what. I don't have any trust issues with Larry Harbolt because Larry Harbolt is a man of integrity. He's a man that looks you in the eye, shakes your hand, and his word is his bond, as is mine. That's the way business used to be done. For those of you that are listening that are younger than me, there was a time that that's the way business was done. I wish we would go there again someday. I'm not optimistic. We've gotten away from those ideals over the years, but I still want to believe that there are good, honest folks out there that do good, honest business. You know, Larry Harbolt teaches us to negotiate at the kitchen table. Part of the reason he teaches this is that it's a highly successful means of negotiating, no doubt. To look somebody in the eye is uncomfortable for many. And for those who do a good, honest business, it's a proven dealmaker strategy, folks. Proven. It works. But here's who it doesn't work for. Liars, thieves, and cowards. Why? Because liars, thieves, and cowards have a tough time looking you in the eye. They'll look everywhere else but at you. See, liars, thieves, and cowards exemplify everything that is wrong with this country. Everything, folks. Political. I don't care what the topic is. Liars, thieves, and cowards can be inserted into everything that is wrong with our country country right now and 
that is the root, those three labels, liars, thieves, and cowards. When you structure a deal, ladies and gentlemen, please make sure it's in writing. Make sure it is clearly understandable. Make sure that it's signed by all parties. And it wouldn't hurt to have it witnessed, notarized even better. Try not to get suckered into the belief that it won't happen to me when it comes to seeing a deal through. Don't think that way. Some of the most recent lessons that Jill and I have learned reinforce this very fact. Oh, it won't happen to us. Oh, these are nice people. Oh, they're, they've been in business a while. What could possibly go wrong? Oh, you send things out for signatures and then discover that, well, they never bothered to sign them. And then next thing you know, you're left holding the bag. Now, we always follow through what we say we're going to do, no matter what. Because Jill and I, like Larry, were raised on integrity. Raised on the ability to look people in the eye and tell them fact, not fiction. When you shake my hand or shake Jill's hand, it's just like shaking Larry Harbolt's hand. We always, always follow through. I hope that you do too. Sometimes people get so paranoid that they're making a mistake or getting screwed that they actually convince themselves that details exist that are not real. This happens. I talked to somebody on the phone recently where this was the case. This guy went on and on and on and on how some guru was apparently sticking it to him. And I asked the question, and this was a tough one for him. So how much of the course materials have you completed? And it was a video course. And this guy said, um, I've done two. Two out of how many? Well, there's a hundred videos there. <laughs> so, okay. So the guru gave you a course that has a hundred videos. I can't imagine how much time it takes to watch a hundred videos. And you watch two. And in two videos, you've decided that this doesn't work. Whatever it was he was trying to learn. That's not the guru's fault, folks. That's your fault because you're lazy. So don't be a drama queen about what did or didn't happen because you're too lazy to do the work. If you're one of those people that runs from seminar to seminar, constantly blaming the guru because you're not rich yet, you have a fatal flaw in your character. I would be willing to bet you have not finished any of the courses that you've purchased. I had a guy ask for a refund. We've had one refund request for the Cashflow Guys Blueprint. Cashflow Blueprint that Larry put out. At the time we were offering that course, I think it was for $19.97. The guy had it for three months and requested a refund. <laughs> of course we gave him a refund. It just made me chuckle. It's like, really, dude? There was... Thousands of dollars worth of information in that course if you just went through it and did what it said. But no, they had buyer's remorse. One person, I don't even know how many we've sold. A ton of those got sold. Everybody was like wanting to give more money because they thought there was like some catch. Like, oh my God, I can't believe Larry gave that much away for free. He must be going senile. Trust me, Larry's not going senile. He just wants people to take action and be successful. That's why he gave out that introductory course. And it's a great way for him to continue to reach out and educate you down the road. So everybody wins, right? 
But if you've taken some real estate courses and you simply don't have anything under contract yet or you're not where you want to be, I ask you this question. How many offers have you written? How many offers have you written? What is the true reason why you have failed? What is holding you back? What are you really afraid of? I'm afraid of losing money. What money? How do you, define to me how you lose money on real estate. How do you lose money on real estate? You lose money when you speculate. So here's my best advice. Don't speculate. How about that? Don't speculate on real estate. If you speculate, there is a pretty good chance you're going to lose money. So simply don't speculate. If you buy a property and you're writing an offer and you're one of those people that put 17 different get out of free jail, get out of jail free cards in your offer, subject to my partner's approval. I'm here to tell you, folks, if you gave me one of those offers as a seller or a listing agent, I would throw it back at you and say, you go talk to your partner. Whenever you guys are done messing around, you let me know and we'll take a look at your offer. But until then, we're not even paying attention to your offer. That is a rookie thing to do, a rookie mistake. And in most cases, it's a flat out lie. It's just another way for you to buy more time because you have not done what you're supposed to do. You have not, you don't have a buyer for this. You got nothing. So you're just throwing poo against the wall to see it will stick. You got nothing. Ladies and gentlemen, buying property, escaping the rat race, at the end of the day, folks, is not rocket science. It's real simple. Mr. Seller, I want to buy your house. Well, then I need $200,000 cash. Great, Mr. Seller. How much rent does this property currently generate? $1,000 a month. Unfortunately, that's not enough to get me to 200000 Folks, the key to negotiating is simply just being honest and listening to people. And in some cases, educating the person you're talking to, politely, of course. Building rapport. It's not an arm wrestling match. You don't have to walk in there and say, I'm looking to buy 100 properties this month. And if you're lucky, I'll give you my money. That's a bunch of garbage. Don't you think that sellers can see through this? I get these postcards in the mail because I simply own multifamily. I get postcards in the mail all over the place. And I assure you, I am not in any financial trouble. Yet I'm, I'm on every multifamily owner's list in two states. So I get these postcards in the mail. And, and the people are like, we'll give you a top dollar all cash for your property. We can close in three days is one I got from Memphis recently. We can close in three days, all cash, top dollar. So I called because that would be true, maybe, if, as far as top dollar, if it was a realtor, because a realtor is going to get you top dollar. That's the other thing, folks, the big lie. Everybody's looking for off-market opportunities. So you're definitely not on the seller side. So what if somebody ran a marketing campaign to sellers? What if realtors started marketing to sellers saying, hey, investors are, are only there to steal your property? Of course, we'd all be mad. I know I would. But would there be some accuracy in that statement? Potentially, to some degree, there might be. So folks, to wrap it up today, let's get out there and do some good, honest, ethical, shake hands, look each other in the eye business. Let's not be a liar, a thief, or a coward.
because you're eventually going to get caught at that. And when you're caught, you're going to get exposed. And that's going to be very embarrassing for you. Just do the right thing, folks. Always do the right thing and follow through with your end of the deal. If you do that, you'll be very successful. If you don't do that, you will exist in poverty. And that would be sad. Have a great week, folks. We will see you next time. This concludes today's episode. You don't have to wait till the next episode to learn to earn. Head over to CashflowGuys.com and contact Tyler and his team for more powerful tips and ideas. So you can start generating multiple streams of income and escape the rat race.